like to introduce my friend, Jackie Jacobson. Give her a warm welcome. Good morning. Ooh, it almost feels like a little bit of the class because there's a few people here uh, that have come uh, to uh, cheer me on, and I love them. And uh, uh, this uh, location has been the home of Led by the Spirit School for ages, like he was alluding to. And um, it was here even before Discover, we were here. Uh, it is such a privilege and an honor for Pastor Bob to have me come and do this today. It really is. I'm very, very humbled to be up here. Usually, see the teacher, I don't like to be up here. I like to be down there so I can kind of get in your face, you know. But today, uh, what I get to do is teach, and so I'm not like the preacher, okay? Well, kind of maybe sometimes, but uh, I just wanted to uh, tell you up front that I'm going to be giving you kind of, kind of a big, fat, hairy teach, okay? So uh, I have been asked to uh, help bring insight about the prophetic movement, prophetic people, and, and uh, the pr just understand the word prophetic. Uh, and so we'll start with the prophetic movement. So what is it anyway? Uh, right now, it's being called the most prophetic timeline in history. And the reason why is because it is uh, showing the fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecies that were spoken uh, well before they ever uh, are now coming to pass. And it's also about uh, the book of Revelation. Uh, the real name of the book of Revelation is the Revelation of Jesus Christ. And so that is what is being fulfilled today. That's the history part, most prophetic timeline, more than any time, any time in history. So what does that mean to you and I? Uh, strangely enough, uh, I'm going to be explaining some of the principles uh, and the basic tools for hearing because that gives you insight about the word prophetic and the, what is all happening around us. I'm always amazed at Led by the Spirit students, um, uh, what they say. The, the biggest thing that they learned, they say, I know I can hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Of all the things, because I go on, you know, I got a lot of blah, blah, but that's, that's what they hear. And, and so uh, today I get to talk a little bit about that. Just to warn you, uh, part of my MO is to make you walk through spiritual exercises. I've been given some kind of a thing about practical application. Uh, we can be full of the word, full of the word, full of the word, but if we don't put it into practice, huh, then like, why did he die, you know? And so I have this thing about taking something uh, kind of difficult to understand and figuring out how to make that so that we can actually do it. So get prepared because I'm going I'm to tell you a whole bunch of stuff. Then I'm going to make you do it, okay? Just like in class. Um, let's get some definitions out of the way. Uh, first, the prophetic movement. Uh, it's also been uh, called a new era, what we're living in today. A new day, an awakening, a revival, a renewal. It's actually been called a reset. Uh, and so here is a uh, kind of a lengthy, but I'll, I'll go slow enough here. Uh, today's prophetic movement is the current movement of successive movements, revivals, and renewals throughout the ages that were the Father's plan to supernaturally intervene. And that word supernaturally, I'm really going to hit you with it today supernaturally intervene into the lives of believers and unbelievers to establish or reestablish and plan his, his plan for the next era of history. So we are right up into an era in history. And so that's, and that's what we call the prophetic movement. Obviously, the prophetic movement needs prophetic people. Okay, So a simple definition is prophetic people are those who the Holy Spirit has spoken to, they have heard his voice, stepped forward, and spoken forth. Gee, now, who, who is supposed to do that now? 
who who is who is supposed to do that? Who who? Yes, all believers are supposed to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit step forward and speak forth. Well, do you mean you mean then uh, there's there's not the haves and the have-nots? You know the people who are prophetic and then the then the ones who are not. Right, that is right. We are supposed to hear. The believer is supposed to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit step forth and speak forth. And so, how this happens is, is that you, a believer, has, have been given spiritual ears and eyes to do just that. In Proverbs 20, verse 12, it says, Ears to hear, eyes to see, both are gifts from the Lord. So it's, it's the machinery. We got the machinery, okay? Uh, Psalms 40 verse 6 says, Sacrifice and offering you do not desire, nor have you delight in them. You have given me the capacity to hear and obey. And so those scriptures have to do with relationship, not formula, okay? And so... Uh, it's in the book. It's in the book. And the title of this talk today is You Can Hear. So I'm going to uh, refer to that at the very end. So prophetic people, uh, picture this again, are ordinary people who have the capacity to handle and adapt to change. Now, a year ago, we got slapped with forcing us to change. And look at us, how adapted we are. <laughs> well, kind of. So, these ordinary believers, uh, both followers and leaders, by the way, are not off-the-wall heretics or renegade charismatics. Uh-uh, uh-uh. These willing believers have ears to hear and eyes to see. But uh, with that, they also have the courage uh, and desire to move with the spiritual momentum of the day. They can go with the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night rather than the crowd, the crowd. And so this also is about relationship versus formula. Billy Graham, who was not into the gifts of the Spirit necessarily, but he was prophetic. He heard the voice. He stepped forward and spoke forth every day of his life and turned the world upside down with his gift of evangelism. So, prophetic people, I'm looking at them, are people who are called by God to supernaturally live out the current plan of prophetic advancement as a prophetic voice. In class, I'm always hammering the people to get it into their brain. You come to this class, you come to this workshop, guess what? You are a prophetic voice. You're supposed to be a led by the Spirit prophetic voice of excellence to this generation. And so, you know, I keep hammering that. It needs, by the way, you need help with some of this stuff. Uh, and so, these ordinary prophetic believers, they can boldly serve uh, in the spiritual momentum of the day. We've just come out of an era, era where it wasn't that challenging, you know? We just lived the Christian life, and it was this, and it was that, and we went... Today is not that kind of day. Um, and so in the past, uh, there's always been prophetic voices everywhere. God has always tapped his people on the shoulder. Uh, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, right? Uh, the first century church, right? Uh, the revivalists of 1517, you know, they're the ones that got the book really printed for us and all of that. And then through the ages up to today, there's been revivalists and teachers and preachers and laymen who have all followed the cloud and not the crowd. Usually, it's just a remnant, not the masses, but you see, he works with who will follow him. And so, would have you been one of them? Would have you been one of them a long time ago? Hmm? Would have you? The question is, how about now? What is happening to us now, and what are we being asked to do? Uh, the spiritual momentum of the day is a prophetic movement, and it's growing and maturing. Uh, this day and hour, you and I 
are being called to be prophetic, and the church is to be prophetic. Uh, the Bible is a history of these people who have heard uh, the voice step forward and spoken forth, and it's God himself who has put these uh, perceivers, as I like to call them, uh, highly gifted ones, uh, called prophets, uh, prophet seers, some of them are called, but also local prophetic voices and prophetic ministry to come and to meet the spiritual needs of his people. And so uh, it's, it's also important to understand that uh, God, in fact, uh, gives some people a deeper measure of propheticness, but it comes with a really high responsibility and authority. Uh, seven foundational gifts uh, are listed uh, that a believer is assigned to, according to uh, Romans 12, verse 6. And the very first one is called prophecy or slash perceiver. And perceiver is what I really dwell on. Uh, from this gifting of Romans 12, 6 comes the formal calling for a person who has received that to be used uh, strongly and mightily in the body. They are given a greater proportion of prophetic gifting, and uh, they, would, they would fall into the category of prophet in Ephesians 4.11. You might be familiar with that. Some are saying, ah, you know, the role of the prophet, that's not for today. Watch out. Watch out. It's in the book. It's in the book, okay? Amos 3.7 says, Indeed, the sovereign Lord never does anything until he reveals his plans to his servants, the prophets. Second uh, Chronicles 2020 says, believe and trust in the Lord your God, that's the first part, and you will be established. And see, that's like led by the Spirit stuff, you know. Secure, believe and trust in his prophets and succeed. And so that also really is heavy on relationship versus uh, a relate, uh, um, performing, thank you. And so these two scriptures and Ephesians 4.11, they're not going away. He is the same yesterday and forever. In Romans 11.29, it says, the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable, which means he gives them and he's not going to change his mind. Mm. So, uh, the Lord has a, a long record of, uh, of calling both uh, general, ordinary prophetic voices and also prophets uh, with a higher degree to speak personal words uh, to individuals and leaders. But also, he gives these same prophetic voices words about uh, national and governmental issues. Uh, and so, uh, the prophetic voice uh, God developed in two uh, stages. The first one was from Adam to Samuel, and then uh, the second one was from Samuel to the present day. Uh, from the time of Samuel to Malachi, almost every king in Israel and Judah had, uh, was given a personal prophet uh, to speak God's will um, and to focus uh, on uh, the pronouncements for that generation and, and encouragement as well. Uh, a lot of those were laced with uh, prophetic words about the soon coming of the Messiah and the new covenant age in which we are. Actually, that's the same words he's speaking now. Okay, never mind. But after Malachi, uh, there were 400 silent years. Can you imagine? Ooh, not hearing nothing. Ooh, there's no mention of a prophet. But then John the Baptist comes on the scene. And that came uh, because he was called to introduce the Messiah to Israel, the very Messiah uh, promised in, in the scripture. And so with the establishment of the New Testament church, a flood of prophets and prophetic voices, strong prophetic voices, uh, were once again at work as seen in the book of Acts. So, and that was not just for the apostles. No, no, no. It, it, the whole prophetic community included a cadre of men, women, and their families, their children. And every place in, in Acts where there was a strong church, 
there was uh, also prophets and prophetic voices functioning. And this was a profound confirmation uh, that God intended once again uh, to restore the prophet and prophetic ministry uh, to people after those 400 silent years between the Testaments. Today, the Lord is pressing these kind of unique called out prophetic voices to mature. See, that's us. Yes, we need to mature into the fullness of our gifting uh, in order to meet the spiritual needs of people. Uh, a lot of people struggle with the title of prophet, yeah. Uh, the prophetic gift of a perceiver is here to stay. Uh, I'm believing you, you get that picture. Um, a lot of times it's only an understanding of the Old Testament prophet. And then that rules out understanding what's going on today. So uh, the fleshy confusion, I'll speak into something hairy right now because maybe you wonder what, what I would say. Well, the fleshy confusion today over the swirl of prophetic words that have come into uh, our understanding, uh, what people have done is they have erroneously put their faith in the prophetic words to happen at their time they wanted it to be, which was January 20th, and it didn't happen, right? So, as a result, there's been a lot of stoning without wisdom and understanding of the whole prophetic, and what has been overlooked is the Father's heart, the Father's wisdom, and the Father's timing. So, you just keep watching, because here's what's going to happen. The words of genuine, godly prophets, seers, will come to pass in God's timing, wisdom, all right? Not man's. And you can be sure that the words of demonically driven false prophetic voices of all kinds will be proven wrong. And so, it's not the first time the baby has been thrown out with the bathwater, but here's what's happening. Everyone in the prophetic community, which is us, today is being tested and challenged to grow up. And I, I, what I heard this comment, it was so good. Uh, it's, it's like going from kindergarten to being a PhD. You know what a PhD is, don't you? Past having doubt. And so that's what he's pushing us to, to, to not have doubt, you see. So if and when, if and when, a believer's expectation uh, is totally focused on what God's heart is, what his wisdom is, and his timing, if and when, if and when, one is only looking into the face of Messiah Jesus and hearing the still, small voice of the Holy Spirit, then, and only then, will rest come, will peace come, and trust come. Only then will the confusion, lots of confusion, all the reasoning, the judgment, and the stoning, then it will cease. But if and when. I have a little uh, a cliche that I say, and this is kind of a nutshell, putting that all together. The father does not want to take sides. He wants to take over. And so there we are, the knocking, the knocking. God and man, again, 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 again. And so I also want to note that just because you prophesy doesn't make you a prophet. And the best example is, is the Led by the Spirit prophetic ministry team who ministers in this room uh, every month. There are cards out there on the back table of our schedule. If you have not received personal prophetic ministry from a ordinary prophetic voices who have gone through 30 weeks of training uh, to come, who live under accountability meetings and all of that, uh, please, please, Please come. You need words uh, that are given to them. 
my point is, is that this team, uh, we are not prophets. We've been called to be prophetic ministers in a local setting. And so, please come. And so, here's the point. Here's the point. You and I are prophetic voices in a time when prophetic voices are needed. And we need followers and leaders. And we need young people. And I, it's nice to see the young people here today. We need their muscle. We need our age, you know. I ain't telling you how old I am, you know. But we need people who are older to give out wisdom and help and support. But I tell you, we need uh, the whole generation of youth to help us. But all of us are being called to supernaturally live out today's current plan of prophetic advancement. It's the missing piece. The missing piece to this picture is really understanding the supernatural life that we are been called to live through. Uh, the main uh, doctrine, the main message of end times is Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. If you can't digest him, then, then you aren't going to make it through. Uh, but then there's the other phrase, by his spirit, by his spirit, by his spirit. In John 4.24, it says, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. And see, spirit and truth, you can't see it. It's a supernatural, unseen realm. Uh, 2 Corinthians 4.8 says, Since we consider, now picture this now, make this a picture in your mind. Since we consider and look not to the things that are seen, da -da 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 -da, but to the things that are unseen. So it's like you have to pull back a curtain and look into what is unseen. For the things that are visible are temporal, thank God, brief and fleeting. But the things that are invisible are deathless and everlasting. All of God's work from day one until today is always done by his spirit. Zechariah 4, 6 says, by his spirit, by his spirit, by his spirit, that's, that's the punch. Not by might, it says, not by power, but by my spirit. So, therein lies the problem, because guess what? We are professionals at living in the flesh. Yeah. We've been taught to be masters in living the flesh. Power, money, position, yes, you know, whatever. But surely we have not been taught enough about one-on-one -on -one supernatural relationship with deity. It seems like, ooh, it isn't. No. So this is the challenge before you and I, this congregation, uh, this front range, uh, our country, and the world. We have to be an active part of the challenge of the spiritual momentum of today. And if you don't have hearing ears and seeing eyes, you ain't going to make it through. And so, all of us need to do our part. So, what I'm going to dwell on for the rest of this time is helping you to understand that you can hear, all righty? It's a lie if you don't think you can hear. The Father has, in, has uh, endowed every human being born with the ability to hear and obey. Everybody hears, but not everybody obeys. That's, that's history. So, uh, your spirit, ma'am, is the power tool, the supernatural power tool that the Lord has on this earth. We're it. We are it. Uh, right now, I just want you to touch yourself right here. Uh, well, that's where your spirit is. You stand up, you walk out the room, you carry it with you. You sit down, it's there. In all your decisions, it's right there. It's right there. It's right there. Uh, you stepped forward and spoke forth when you got saved, right? Well, I guess you're prophetic then. Ooh, all right. But on top of that, you have heard and stepped forth many, many times. Many, many times. Not just then. Uh, and so, um, the greatest act of hearing 
ever was the writing of the book. When God breathed on a person, they heard what he said and they wrote it down. Wow. How about that? How about that? And so, uh, this is his voice. You read the book, and it's his voice talking to you. Don't ever say you can't hear his voice. You know what that means? You ain't in the book. Yeah, yeah. My South Dakota heritage, you know. We say ain't there, stuff like that. Okay, anyway, uh, and so, uh, the earmark of the Led by the Spirit school is taking these kinds of principles that I'm talking about you today and putting them into practical applications. So that's what I'm going to lead you to do. Uh, and so I'm going to lead you through a couple exercises to show you how flesh and spirit work or, or how it doesn't work uh, in the, and with the leading of the Holy Spirit. By the way, the Holy Spirit is a person, just like Jesus, and uh, it's the, he is the same as having Jesus right here next to you. He is Jesus without boundaries. Yeah, so uh, the Holy Spirit uh, principle in, in the courses is to get you to have a personal relationship with him as much as you have with the Lord Jesus because I know that's more, more understandable. Okay, so here, here, are, here, here then is the practical application that I'm going to have you do. Right here, you're sitting, okay? And uh, I want you, just to look down briefly, and I want you to make a circle on the floor, like, like okay, you're the left, okay, I, over here is your right. On the right, I want you to make a circle. Just, just kind of see a circle on the floor. That's the circle of spirit and truth. It's deathless. It's everlasting. And by the way, the spirit is a person, and truth is a person. Him, Messiah, Jesus. And so this circle that I want you to see in front of you on your right is uh, a circle of spirit and the unseen realm. Okay, on the other side of you, uh, just on the floor in front of your feet, I want you to see another circle, and it's round and it's black. And that is the flesh circle of sin and lies. Sin and lies, okay? Everybody say boo, boo. Everybody say boo. Boo, yeah, there you go. Okay, so here's what I'm going to do to have you walk through this. Um, I am going to have you uh, respond to three sentences. And so uh, when I say a sentence, uh, I want you to choose which circle you would choose, either the circle of spirit and truth or the flesh circle, okay? And so... Uh, where your feet are. See where your feet are right now? That is the seat of decision. Your two feet, your spirit, soul, and body, are always in charge of which circle you step into. Okay? Mm -hmm. Okay, so I am going to um, say a sentence, and then you are going to step into the circle. But in order to do this, you must stand up. Would you stand up for me? Thank you so much. Okay, now I'm going to say a sentence, and then you choose which circle you would stand in, and then as soon as you uh, st stand, then I want you to quickly step back. And then I will say the second sentence. You will step into whichever circle, and then step back. Okay, are you ready? Okay. Here's the, here's the first sentence, and you have to choose, and then you must step forward into one of the circles in front of you, okay? Here's the sentence. Jesus is the Son of God. Choose a circle and step into it. Okay, now step back. Here's the second sentence. On the third day after his crucifixion, Jesus was raised from the dead. Choose a circle. Okay, step back. Last sentence. When I die, I am going to heaven. Pick a circle and step back. Okay, so here's the question. Keep standing. If your will agreed with the word of God and you responded to the inner witness of the Holy Spirit, 
then you stepped into the right circle. Is that right? Yeah. It feels good when you make those the right decisions, doesn't it? Okay. Now, here are some different directions. Now, these are just pretend. Okay. This is just an example of the opposite ha happening. I'm going to say three fleshy sentences just for an example. And I'm asking you that if, 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 if ever you, uh, that described you, even with like a different set of words, then I need you to step into the flesh circle so that you feel the difference. Then step back. Then I will say two more sentences. And so you'll get it, okay? So as I step, so as I st say the three sentences, see, you always step back. Okay, now here's the first sentence. Ready? I can never, 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 never be good enough to please God. My sin is too great. Okay, choose a circle. Uh, if, if, if No, if you've ever had that kind of thing go through your head of any kind, step into the flesh circle. Okay, now step back. Second sentence. Because of what happened to me, I just can't believe I can't be free and, and, or even know that God loves me. Have you ever said anything like that? If you have, step into the flesh circle. Okay, step back. Last sentence. You might have to do all those spiritual things. I have my own convictions, and I'm sticking with it. If you have said anything like that in your entire life, step into the flesh circle. Okay, now step back. Whew. So, how does it feel when you stand in the flesh circle compared to the spirit circle? Huh? Yucky. Yeah, yes. Did you have peace? Did you have pain? Did you have regret? Were you con did you feel condemnation over there? Yeah, okay. Now, put your right foot in the spirit circle and your left foot in the flesh circle. Okay, now lean to the right. Oh, that's spirit. Now lean to the right, left, other side. Oh, okay, go back and forth. Spirit, flesh. This is called the carnal Christian life because sometimes you're, you do spirit stuff so good, and then, but behind the scenes, you're fleshy. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's when unbelief comes and failure and tragedy and lack and rejection and all that. Oh, da -da, and then you're back and forth and back and forth, back and forth. Okay, have a seat. What you just walked out was the nuts and bolts of hearing and being obedient. Hopefully you saw the glaring difference between personal relationship and formula. Hopefully you literally felt the amazing difference between spirit and flesh. And hopefully you felt the difference of how sweet it is to stand in obedience and, and, and righteousness. Okay, so the ongoing challenge for you and I is our stubborn, fleshy, compromising will. Remember those two feet? Boy, do they have a lot of power. Ooh. You need to train them and continually discipline them to always choose spirit over flesh. As soon as you lean to the right, ah, no, you go right back. You can go back fast either way, all right? Uh, I want to show you uh, the LBS logo and how this logo fits into all these things I'm just saying right now. Uh, there's, uh, I, someone made the logo for me, and it was only after the logo was made that I got a scriptural interpretation, and it's Psalm 31.8. It says, he has set my feet into a large room. So look, look at the logo. Look at the logo up there. You see the dove? No problem. Who is that? It's the Holy Spirit, okay? So then there's a door, okay? Then that would be uh, the Bible, and the only way to please God is to know his Messiah. So the door is, in fact, Messiah, Jesus. 
But the room, you see how the room sort of has, it looks like there's something behind it and it has depth to it. Do you see that? Well, that is the eternal, unseen realm of the spirit. And so it is the supernatural room that you are to live out your salvation from. So in classes, the LBS classes, what I do, I get people up to the door. Some people say I push them over the threshold. <laughs> because you see, I make them do it, right? But after they get over the threshold and they go into the room, he takes your hand and he guides you in that supernatural room where you are shown the parts that you have to live out to fulfill your destiny. So the parts in the room for me, mine, well, I'm kind of doing it up here, you know, and been doing it for ages. Uh, but everyone has to discover what is in that supernatural realm of the spirit, the room of the spirit. The, you, you are to discover your own way through that. Can you see that? Can you see it? Can you see it? Can you see it? Can you see it? And so, um, that's why the invitation is uh, out for all of you to come uh, to any of the courses, any of the time. Uh, the the Motherload classes start in August and go through April, and we're over there now, matter of fact, uh, uh, going through the uh, second part of the 30-week course. It is for discipleship. Uh, the workshop, the Learning to Perceive in Workshop that is here is for March 19th and 20th, Friday night and most of Saturday. And it is a jump start into that. A lot of people who take that end up taking the discipleship course for 30 weeks. And we have a really good time together over there yonder. Anyway, so uh, I want to finish out today um, by looking at these really simple scriptures here, these scriptures are so simple that we skip over them, uh, you know. But I'm, I'm today. I want you to, as you, as you hear it and then you see it, I want you to just piece it and, and see it uh, as a picture for yourself. So Proverbs 20 verse 27 says, "The spirit of man." Okay, touch yourself. Whew. See whether you're born again or not, your spirit is in there, and it wants to live. It wants to live. It's destined to live. So the spirit of man, that factor in human personality, which proceeds immediately from God, it's a gift, you see, how lovely, is the lamp of the Lord. So he's looking down, looking for the lights to work through, searching all his innermost parts. So we look back on him, and then we learn from him. It's, it's relationship. Then Romans 8.16 says, the spirit himself, you know, Jesus standing here next to you, right? Thus testifies together with our own spirit, assuring us that we are children of God. The two John scriptures, the sheep that are my own, hear and are listening to my voice and I know them and they follow me. Whoever is of God listens to God. Those who belong to God hear his words, hear the words of God. And so after this very short uh, time together today, are you and I in agreement? You can hear, right? Yes. Now, you may not be good at it, but you see a wealth of hear learning to hear more is right ahead of us. Yeah. Okay, so, and do you also agree that we just need... Uh, more and more details about every aspect of how to live our everyday lives as these end-time prophetic believers in this year of our Lord, 2021. <laughs> you open up the door out there, <laughs> it's wild. 
It's a jungle out there, as Mr. Mom's son says, as he leaves home, as his mom leaves home. Um, in our home, we have to know better what to do in these end times, in, in our church, in our congregations, on this front range, in our country, and in the nations and in the world. We need more. We need more guidance. We need more everything. The last word from Scripture that I'll give to you, and then uh, I get to lead uh, a communion today, so I'm really excited about that too. But here's the last word. Now, really take this apart, all right? This is Hebrews 4.7. Today, if you would hear his voice, and when you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Okay? Let me pray. Father, you are asking us all to discern the day we are living in. You have called us for such a day as this. Time is coming, Lord, when the glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the water covers the sea. And we don't long for that day as much as we should. Help us to long for that day of your glory covering the earth. You have supernaturally equipped us to live in this day. Your heart for us is to constantly put you first and the gospel. To put the gospel first over everything that is swirling around us. Help us take our eyes off our feet and put them on the horizon. Breathe on us, Holy Spirit. Speak your heart to each one of us in our belief and especially in our unbelief. In your perfect love and wisdom, reveal, confirm, reform, rebuild, and transform us. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. If you have not got your communion cup, please go back and get it. Uh, I'm a former Episcopalian. And you know, liturgical people, Episcopalians, they're professionals at taking communion. <laughs> the Eucharist. Uh, I have said that's probably the, the purest form of, of uh, uh, spirituality they can pull off because certainly their doctrines have sure gone upside down and backwards. Uh, but uh, today, what, today what I get to do, and, and I'm, I'm so grateful for the privilege to be able to do this, uh, today as we take communion, as we always do, I want you to take communion with your spiritual eyes open and see what these elements do on the other side in the spirit realm. We're so, we're so, we, we take it, and it's so sweet down here, but today I, I want you to just pull back that curtain and see what the body and blood does on the other side, okay? Uh, amazing scripture in 1 Corinthians 10, verses 16 through 18. Here's what it says. When Israel ate the meat from animals sacrificed on the temple's holy altar, they became one. Wow. See, it's that blood, you know. Mm, righteous. Uh, when we receive the sacrifice of Jesus' body and Jesus' blood, then we become one. And you see, as a believer, the body and the blood have become part of us so that we are one in the spirit with Jesus. And that, that uh, oneness, you know, it, we're still trying to understand it down here. You pull back the curtain on the other side, <laughs> it rules everything. It rules the body and blood and the resurrected Jesus rules everything on the other side. Alrighty, the communion words are comfortable words, and they uh, depict uh, 
uh, the opposite of our of our earthly griefs and problems and sorrows. Me, my, and mine. Ugh. You know, that's not the words of the of the communion. So today, I want you to uh, see. Uh, when we take communion, I want you to see it as a prophetic act of throwing hot coals on the heads. Now, this is, I'm saying this, it's really strong, and I believe it. Uh, communion is a prophetic act of throwing hot coals on the heads of every demonic enemy and every unbeliever's words of mockery that are all around us. To mm. pronounce that on this side, that's what's truth on the other side. So let's enter into that powerful thing. Now, I'm going to be doing something a little different. Uh, uh, we're going to be playing, pray, uh, we're going to be proclaiming the uh, victory of the Lord's death on this side and pronouncing it on the other side. And how I'm going to do it today, it's uh, kind of different because uh, all of the communions that I've taken pretty much in my life, uh, the words say, he took bread and gave thanks, and then they go on. I, I belonged to a Messianic congregation for four years, and guess what? They always sang the Hebrew for thanks, which they do all the time. Uh, the, saint, the words that, I'm, that I will be singing, they sing all the time for their thanks. And so I'm going to be adding that today into uh, the words that we're so familiar with. And so uh, what you're doing, you're eating the bread of your salvation, and you're drinking the blood of your authority. Jesus, 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 okay? So take the bread. Can you, got that? Can you take the bread? Okay. And here's what it says. On the night he was betrayed, he took bread and gave thanks. Barukata Adonai. Eloheinu melohalolam, amotze lechem priya aretz, amen. Blessed art thou, Lord, King of the universe, who brings forth bread from the earth. Then he broke the bread, saying, Take, eat, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So take the bread. Now, take the cup. After supper, in like manner, he took the cup and gave thanks. Barukata Adonai, Eloheinu melohalolam, bore prihagafen, amen. Blessed art thou, Lord God, King of the universe, who brings forth fruit from the vine. This is the cup of the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. Take and drink. As often as you take communion, you are proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes again. So, I have one last question. How many communions do we have left before he comes? And so what I say, to the last communion, Maranatha, uh, I, I am going to uh, sing the Arianic blessing in Hebrew. Thank you, Lord, for helping me. Um, and so then uh, I'll say it in English, and then uh, um, Pastor Bob will come. Yabaherka Adonai Ishmaelka Yair Adonai Panevlaka Iuneka the Lord is here to bless you and keep you. The Lord is here to make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord has lifted up his face unto you and is giving you peace. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much for today.
Thank you so much, Jackie. How about one more hand for Jackie? I hope that that message blessed you and out there online, wherever you are, that that blessed you as much as it does me. Because one thing that I, I tend to forget is that a life that's led by the Spirit, by the Word of the Lord, is a life of peace, is a life of power. And then we have to be obedient to that, though, to access those things. The peace, the power, the life, the love that are all found in Christ. We have to be led by the Spirit. And if you can't hear the Spirit or can't understand how you can hear, then we're lost. Then we just have to do the best we can. I don't know about you. I don't want to go through life doing the best I can. I want to do the best that he has for me. And the only way to do that is to let the Spirit lead you. So if, if this message touched you, and again, thank you so much, Jackie. Her ministry over the years has touched and blessed thousands of people. And I know firsthand just seeing people come in and out of the prophetic sessions, uh, people that have taken the classes, how much it has absolutely blessed them. If you would like to support her and her ministry, like any ministry, they need support. And to help her do that, we want to take up a love offering. Now, we're not going to pass the bucket. We've never done that. We're not going to do that. But if you're out there online or any of the platforms that you're watching us on, you can go just down to our regular donate tab on any of those. And there's a special box that says love offering. And you can just do it right through. Just click on it, drop down box, love offering, and we'll make sure it gets there. If you're here in-house and you want to do it old school, you can drop it in the box and just put Jackie or led by the spirit or a smiley face or something. And we'll know and we'll make sure that it gets to her. The other thing, though, is I really, really want to encourage you to sign up for the workshop. Again, it is March um, 19th and 20th. The way to sign up for it, it's called Learning to Perceive and Hear Workshop. And the way to do that is just to go directly to their organization and their website, which is led by the Spirit School, ledbythespiritschool.org. And you can sign up, you can get all the information, any questions that you have, and it's held right here, so you already know how to get here. So there's no reason not to do that, and it is a fantastic workshop, so I just want to encourage you to do that. And once again, thank you, Jackie, so much. Bless you guys. We're going to do a little bit of worship. Worship team, you guys can go ahead and come on up and get ready. I want to encourage you just to hang out. Again, since they're getting ready, I have the mic for another minute, and if a pastor has the mic, you're going to get some. I just want to encourage you not to just hear this message and then just walk away and go, oh, that was cool. Pray about this. Let the Spirit lead your heart and how to respond to this. And I think if we in general as a church let the Spirit lead us more in our daily lives rather than the flesh, things are going to change. Things around the world, things in our very own backyards are going to change and they're going to change for the better. If we want to see that change, that revival in Christ happen, that revival happened around the world. It starts in our hearts, and it starts with the ability to hear and perceive. So again, I want to just encourage you to try and live that and really, really pray about how to respond as far as the workshops and things.